Look to Jesus, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. The Holy Gospel according to John chapters 18 and 19. Glory to you, O Lord. If you'd like to read along, you can find this in the Pew Bible on page 1681. The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas brought a detachment of soldiers together with police from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to happen to him, came forward and asked them, Whom are you looking for? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I am. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with him. When Jesus said to them, I am, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Again, he asked them, whom are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you are looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that had been spoken. I do not lose a single one of those whom you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into its sheath. Am I not to drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the soldiers, their officer, and the Jewish police arrested Jesus and bound him. First they took him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it was better to have one person die for the people Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter was standing outside at the gate. So the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out, spoke to the woman who guarded the gate, and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, you are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing around it and warming themselves. Peter also was standing with them and warming himself. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus on the face, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered, If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. 
Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They asked him, you are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, did I not see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, the cock crowed. Then they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, if this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews replied, we are not permitted to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he was to die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, what is truth? After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him, but you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? They shouted in reply, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was abandoned. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged, and the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and striking him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to him, here is the man. When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him. The Jews answered him, we have a law and according to that law, he ought to die because he has claimed to be the son of God. Now, when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you and power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, you would have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. 
From then on, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now, it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. He said to the Jews, here is your king. They cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate asked them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, we have no king but the emperor. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read the inscription. Because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided him into four parts, one for each soldier. They also took the tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots to see who will get it. This was to fulfill what the scripture says. They divide my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. And this is what the soldiers did. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said in order to fulfill scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, the Jews did not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath, especially because that Sabbath was a day of great solemnity. So they asked Pilate to have the legs of the crucified men broken and the bodies removed. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once blood and water came out. He who saw this has testified, so that you also may believe. His testimony is true. And he knows that he tells the truth. These things occurred so that the scripture might be fulfilled. None of his bones shall be broken. And again, another passage of scripture says, they will look on the one whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, 
who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had at first come to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about a hundred pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices and linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for giving us the truth. Help us accept it. In your name we pray, amen. Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? Either Pilate didn't believe in truth, and he was asking the question rhetorically, or he didn't know what truth was. Either way, the only thing that Pilate understood was power. He thought that the person who has power is right. Some call this might makes right. Pilate thinks that if someone has less power than him, then he doesn't really have to pay attention to what they say. Pilate was the consummate politician. His mind had been so regimented by Roman empirical culture that the notion that some sort of an independent truth could exist, let alone come from a peasant Palestinian Jewish carpenter, was laughable and unthinkable to him. If we closely study John chapter 18 and 19, our reading tonight, of our gospel reading, it reveals that Pilate was masterfully throwing around his power. He knew how to taunt and tease, how to knock off balance anyone and everyone who was present. He saw how far he could push them until they would break. Notice when he asks the crowd who they would like to be released from prison, he makes a point to say, would you like Jesus, the King of the Jews? He's not even giving them an actual question. By calling him Jesus, King of the Jews, He's painting them into a corner. Even if there was someone in the crowd that thought Jesus was innocent, once Pilate called him a king of the Jews, if they were to raise their hand and say, yeah, I think you should release Jesus, there would be Roman centurions standing by to arrest them. Because anybody who claimed anybody 
to be king other than Caesar was committing treason and was guilty and was worthy of crucifixion. So this whole game that Pilate is playing, stirring up the crowd, asking them, dressing up Jesus in a purple robe, putting a crown on him, saying, do you want him released? He's flexing his power in front of them. Pilate wanted to crucify Jesus. The crowd did not bully Pilate into it. Pilate was a shrewd and ambitious person. He was a master at working the crowd into a frenzy and making it seem as though he was doing the will of the people. What he was really doing was consolidating his power by denying the truth. Pilate denies that truth matters, and he denies that truth even exists. Boy, I'm sure glad that's not a problem these days. I'm sure glad there's no one else in the world, let alone lots of different people, who practice this every day. I'm sure glad that we can turn on the news and watch it and trust everything that they say. I'm so glad we can read things on the internet in a totally free and unbiased media. Ha, ha, ha. Some things never change. So how can we know the truth? Who can we believe? What is the truth? It's a curious thing that we call today Good Friday. It's good because tonight we know that our sins are forgiven. So why aren't we having a party? Why are we so gloomy? Why am I dressed in black? Well, it's gloomy and it's covered in black because we're mourning. We're sad that Jesus died, obviously. And we're gloomy also because tonight we have that annoyingly persistent reminder, reality and truth, that death is something we all face. That is the solid ground and truth of this day. What are the two constants constants in this world? Death and taxes next week, right? Or a week and a half, something like that. We can be sure that we will die. No matter how much power and prestige a person has, no no matter how much success, we will all die one day. Given this truth, what will we do with the days that we have? Will we chase after power and control like Pilate? Or will we serve and love courageously like Jesus? 
if we are sober about the truth of our mortality, we will be more like Jesus. We will be more grounded in the truth. And ironically, by facing this truth and knowing it to be real, we are free to open our hearts and love like Jesus did. It might be Friday today, and there might even be a part of us that's somewhat comfortable with this dark, blessed, good night, but Easter is coming, and soon we will stand together in God's brilliant light where nothing will be hidden. It is entirely possible that one day the whole truth will be known, undeniable. And so let us choose carefully what we will do in the dark. Amen. Please stand as you're able for our hymn of the day.